All right, so we'll be in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 13, and uh, we're in our study tonight of 1 Timothy dealing with building people who build churches, building people who build churches. Anyone need a handout? I think everybody's probably got one, so if you need one, I have extras. I was being gracious, you know, ran 20 copies, Uh, so uh, it always is good to be hopeful. So, we, we've been talking about, last time we got together, we talked about a charge to give, <clears throat> and uh, that's really where we still are. We talked about addressing members appropriately in chapter 5, and uh, talked about an elder up there in First uh, Timothy 5, and verse 1, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers and younger sisters, uh, with all purity, honor widows and that are widows indeed. And uh, that's pretty much took up the bulk of the conversation last week. So we're going to pick it up here in verse 3 and keep going. It says, Honor widows that are widows indeed, but if any widow have, a ch- have children or nephews, let them learn uh, first to show piety at home and to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his house, especially for those of his own house, how shall he, uh, especially for they of his own house, uh, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man, well reported of for good works. If she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, she has relieved the afflicted if she have diligently followed every good work. But the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, uh, having damnation because they have cast off their first love, or first faith, I'm sorry. And with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers and busybodies speaking things which they ought not. I will, therefore, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully, for some are already turned aside after Satan. If any man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged, that it, that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. So uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word. Thank you for these uh, Christmas songs that uh, Ron has led us in. And uh, Lord, truly you are a glorious God, and we praise you in the highest. We pray, God, for uh, the... Uh, opportunity to learn tonight and to continue to grow in our grace and faith uh, toward all men, especially they that are the house of faith. Help us to learn from these lessons regarding, um, you know, addressing members appropriately and uh, tonight in in regard to relieving the weak responsibly. Lord, and I pray, God, that you just are blessed by this time that we have tonight. As we pray, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would, um, I know you'll hear our prayers. I pray, God, that you would just allow the fervent and effectual prayer of righteous men and women, uh, Lord, to avail much. And, Lord, that your uh, your kingdom would be glorified. As Ron's already mentioned, there's world um, a world at war in many ways, culturally, in literal ways. Uh, you know, Iran and China, uh, Lord, our own country, um, a lot of things going on. So we just lift up uh, the, Lord, the coming king, Lord, and uh, thank you for the season we were in where we understand that he came to this earth. And, uh, Lord, you gave your best, and he was the most humble, uh, Lord, most, uh, and the sinless, not most. He was the sinless, and he's also the highest, Lord. And we're so thankful for that gift and how you've bestowed upon us uh, humanity, 
Lord, that kind of grace, that kind of uh, priority, uh, that kind of love. And Lord, help us to respond in kind uh, with getting the gospel where it needs to go and redeeming souls. We just thank you and we praise you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, we saw a charge to give and addressing members appropriately is what we're talking about. And so today we're talking about relieving the the weak responsibly, which is what we just read about in verses 3 through 16. Uh, widows are an obvious issue in the church of Ephesus. So Paul spends 14 of 25 verses addressing uh, the care of a widow. And uh, honoring widows indeed is uh, should be natural. should be something that we do naturally. Um, in most cultures, including ours, it's appropriate to care for our elderly parents and especially widows. In, in most countries to this day, there's no social service system, um, and the responsibility then falls upon the family. So, and even where there are social sy- systems that you know do that, it still falls on the family. So, like if you're in Asia, it's still important. Uh, like in India and places like that, you always care for your elders as they age. Um, they don't depend upon the state alone to do that. So, um, you know. It's a great burden upon the churches, too, in many of those places. If you keep up with, like, Pradeep Lima, he's often posting pictures of his care as from the church for widows. So he's taking them food, he's taking them clothing, you know, he's always got the widows in mind. Because he was raised by a widow, uh, and, one, and, and so he really has a heart for widows. Uh, and many have, uh, of course, the men get killed oftentimes uh, young, and, and especially in third world countries, uh, war and persecution, um, and just life, you know, takes the young man's life. And so a lot of widows are left uh, destitute, and depending on the culture, um, women are not worthy of being married once they've been widowed. So like in, in Nepal, you know, it's very, you become... I hate to say use good, so to speak, but you kind of are. So a lot of times women will abandon their children. And so, you know, to avoid you know being a widow, they get married, which is what the Bible would recommend. But unfortunately, the men don't value the children, so they just leave their children as orphans somewhere, which is it's hard for us to fathom that. But that is, that's how it is. Uh, and so those are godless, you know, cultures. And they need Jesus. So if you, um, uh, you know, if you, if you follow... Um, these types of things, you know, in different cultures, you you, you know, you become aware of these things. Um, the responsibility for caring for widows falls upon the men of the family, and there, when there's no men, uh, it falls upon the church, right? So, this is a, <coughs> this is something that God's ordered, and so honoring widows, excuse me, <coughs> widows indeed is biblical. That's a point three there. So honoring widows indeed is biblical. And I believe Paul may have had Deuteronomy 10 in mind when he was writing this to Timothy. So uh, I put the verse in here, Deuteronomy 10:17. For the Lord our God is a God of gods, and the Lord of lords, uh, a great God, a mighty and terrible, which regards not person nor taketh reward. He doth exer- execute the judgment of the fatherless and widow, and loveth the stranger in giving him food and raiment. And so that's God's heart. He records it in Deuteronomy. Uh, Paul may have been thinking about that or several other passages as well because the Lord speaks often of the care of widows. And uh, I don't know if I put them in your notes, but Deuteronomy 24, 17, Isaiah 1, 17, uh, Isaiah 14, 29, Psalms 94, 6, and Malachi 3 and verse 5 all deal with God's care of the widow. So Jesus was very direct with elders of Israel. Um, uh, for their mistreatment of widows during his earthly ministry. Uh, of course, 
there's the widow's mite. Uh, you know, Matthew twenty three fourteen. Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore you shall receive the greater damnation. So, um, you know, the widow's mite's a wonderful story of giving all that you have, and Jesus honored that. Um, but conversely, uh, they were taking widows, uh, you know, incomes. And so there's also a condemnation to the um, to the Pharisees for their mistreatment of elders in general um, and, and taking their finances and basically fleecing the flock, so to speak. And God does not, he's not honored with that at all. So uh, fourth point is honoring widows is natural because a natural biblical and it's practical. It's a practical matter as well in verse 4. Um, and so in that passage there he says, But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents, for this is good and acceptable. So the care of widows lies within the family of the widow, ideally. Uh, that's what Paul's pointing out here in verse 4. And that includes children, grandchildren, and extended families, um, nephews included here. And so, uh, so two words here you might need help with is piety, uh, to show, which means simply to show reverence. Uh, and in some contexts, it means to worship. And requite means to render or to give uh, or even repay. So a young child shows uh, piety by honoring father and mother through obedience, where an adult child honors their widowed mother by caring for their needs. And, of course, in America, um, our families are not nearly as close as they used to be, uh, you know. Uh, and so we get extended out. Very, we're independent and autonomous, so we get extended out. So oftentimes the care of an aunt uh, is not in the purview of many family units and structures because they're so far apart nowadays. But honoring widows is natural. It's biblical. It's practical. But it's not without parameters and limitations. So it's not just... Uh, he doesn't just stop there with the period. He gets into more detail because, well, God knows and, and Paul knew there need to be more definition, right? There need to be more parameters and limitations because there's some things that need to be specified. So the words there are parameters and limitations in verses 5 through 16, which we read. So Paul uses the language widows indeed in verse 5. You'll hear me say that quite often. Now, she that is a widow indeed, comma, and desolate, trusteth in God, and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. So if there's a widow indeed, that means there's a widow that's not indeed, right? So there's a widow that's not indeed, and there's a widow indeed. So Paul is now charging Timothy and the congregation of Ephesus to provide for widows, but he's also charging Timothy to protect the flock at the same time, simultaneously. And so uh, around here you hear me use the term widow indeed uh, quite often. Uh, we've had a, an example that's already gone and is no longer with us is uh, Phyllis Riddle. She was a widow indeed. Uh, and in, in a sense, a prototypical widow. I kind of knew when we started the church, when God provided her to the church, I knew that she was an example and a test sort of, of sorts of how we dealt with widows. She was truly desolate in the sense of no children. Uh, her and her husband never had kids. Her husband died. She was completely honorable. Um, she was actually uh, even had connections to our sending church in its infancy when it was a church plant. Um, so she was that old, and not to make light of her age, she sincerely was an elderly woman. She was an honorable woman. She had nothing but a good testimony. And, um, and so we took the care of Phyllis very seriously. 
um, because I knew we would give account, and I will someday give account for how we handled Phyllis Riddle at the judgment seat of Christ, because she, among the saints, is certainly a precious saint. Um, and so, First Timothy five five, <clears throat> you know, there's some things you just don't have to pray about. I mean, it's just it says it, right? Uh, she that is a widow, indeed, uh, in every sense of the word, and that is exactly what Phyllis was. And desolate, uh, and now she wasn't desolate of financial means, but she was, in many senses, without you know children. Without uh, her older brother Bernard was passed away. I mean, she really had us at that point, and uh, she had she had her nearest family lived in several states away, um, and so we became. And by the way, I got to just throw a shout out. This you know, Gerald Tab was amazing. Uh, he was he's a neighbor uh, and a friend. And a former church member, he took great care of Phyllis, and he became her executor of her estate. And so, but that's all she had. I mean, she had us and Gerald Tab, uh, and so um, that's that's a that's a real widow indeed. And so, in First Timothy five five, we don't we don't have to pray about meeting the needs of a widow who continues in prayer and supplication and is desolate. We simply need to provide for her. That's what God tells us to do. And so, Anna was a widow like this. If you remember Anna. Um, uh, you know, she was somebody that God records. Uh, of course, at this time of the year, uh, we would celebrate the birth of Christ, and Anna was there. She was a widow, and she was waiting on the consolation, and, and uh, she's written into the Word of God. Um, I think Paul probably had her in mind as well. Being a Hebrew, uh, his family may have known her. I've never, I mean, that's kind of wild for me to think about. But, you know, you see these stories of people in the Gospels. And, of course, I don't know that Paul knew her. It depends what time he was there in Jerusalem. But he came up under the feet of Gamaliel. Gamaliel, Gamaliel was witness to what was going on with Jesus. So, the, it, you know, it's a small world. And uh, it's possible that Paul even knew some of these people. Or at least his family may have known him. I don't know. Uh, Paul was from Tarsus, but he was in Jerusalem. So being a Hebrew, anyway, um, this is possible that he was he's privy to who she was. But in Luke chapter 2 and verse 36, uh, the Bible says, And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, which would be Asher. Uh, Asher. Uh, she was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about four score and four years. And that's 84 years she was a widow. Uh, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. So that's a faithful woman. Probably, there's probably a lot of people for 80 years that would know that lady going in and out every day. You know, she would probably make a, a lot of a lot of people would know who Anna was. I'm sure over the years, that's a long time uh, to 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 be that faithful. And so, um, if a widow is faithful, people are going to know about it. By the way, um, you'll know it. And likewise, a widow who is not faithful. Uh, to God becomes obvious as well. And and we've had that here too. Not every widow uh, is a widow indeed, right? Not every widow is, uh, merits the same um, attention, let's say, uh, as other widows. And, and I'm not saying within the body, but it becomes apparent after a while. So unfortunately, not every widow is godly, is what I'm saying. Verse 6, right? But she that liveth in pleasure is dead uh, while she liveth. So Paul says uh, that there are some who are dead while they live. Really, that's what he's saying. Uh, and, and what does he really mean by that? Uh, a man or woman, by the way, when when they're they're married, they're loose from the married contract when their marital their their spouse dies, and so at that point they're free to remarry or remain faithful to the marital contract until their death. And there are some uh, who, being free from the covenant of marriage, live in immoral and sinful lifestyle that ministers death. 
So they're not just free from their marriage. They actually try to free themselves from the the bonds of the Lord. And that's inappropriate, obviously. Um, And then um, while there's others... Before I go on to that, in Galatians 5, verse 13, it says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty as an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Right. So if you're freed, you're freed to serve the Lord. Right. And so James 1.13 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust it hath conceived, it bringeth forth uh, sin, and sin, when it uh, is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. So Paul is discreetly alluding uh, to those widows in this text who live <clears throat> in immorality. <coughs> Excuse me, if you search you know, STDs among elderly, which any, in the internet you can search anything anymore. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me, what you, uh, you will find legitimate articles uh, concerning the spike in STDs among elderly, uh, like in Florida, uh, to an immoral lifestyle. So just because people are elderly does not make them you know, automatically moral people because that doesn't, their nature is still sinful. So I know that sounds a little creepy on a Sunday night to even get into these things, but we're just dealing with what's in the text, so forgive me. But just because someone is a widow doesn't make them uh, faithful to the Lord. And that's not just for females. We're talking about men as well. Um, so uh, Paul is, is alluding to those widows who live in immorality. Uh, a widow, male or female, who does not remain chaste is not counted among these considered a widow indeed. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I've had these conversations with certain widows uh, who are not in this room. Uh, and so, um, you know, about, you know, the need to, to have a proper relationship even with male companionship. And there's, it's just because you're old doesn't mean you get to skirt the rules, you know. And these are, things need to be done decently and in order. So the implication here is there are some widows who would prefer uh, to fornicate so they can uh, continue to receive their Social Security benefits uh, or their husband's pension, right, just to make it really where the rubber meets the road. And so God God puts people in situations where they got to decide, you know, am I going to honor the Lord uh, and do things decently in order, or am I just going to do what I want to do? Well, if you're going to do what you're going to do just for your Social Security or whatever, your husband's pension, then I'm sorry, we, that's going to get it. You didn't let that, you know, do whatever. I bet you're not going to get my blessing. So um, I think you guys are picking up what I'm laying down. So you got anything to add to that, Jeff? I guess, you look perplexed back there. I am, I am perplexed. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I said you totally confused me, but that's okay. Okay. So, what, how, how so? Well, the, whole thing. the widow indeed. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So there's some widows that are not widows indeed. That's my point. Am I confusing anyone else? I think you guys are picking up what I'm laying down. So, okay. Okay. It's just, it's just perplexing. Okay. Unfortunately, that's why God wrote all this. <laughs> As a, a pastor once said, there's a wrench to fit every nut. All right, so <laughs> honoring widows, let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about something a little more wholesome. In verse 7, let's talk about honoring widows is biblical. It's a biblical responsibility. And so these things give in charge that they may be blameless. Uh, and so Paul says that these things... Uh, give in charge that they, they, and the, I want to just emphasize they may be blameless here. So they uh, are the elders of the church. 
That's who we're talking about. We start the, t- the context with elders. Uh, and here in this case, I do think Paul's got the elders of the church in mind. Um, also the men of the church, uh, not just the pastors, as I mentioned last week. So the heads of the families. This is dealing with if you're an elder of a church, you're also an elder of a family. It gives some parameters for what the, the, that elder is responsible for. And so uh, it helps give them some guidelines, some responsibility there. Uh, and so also some um, you know, understanding of, of how things need to be done decently in order. So this is so serious that if a man does not provide for those of his own house, right, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel, which is translated a lost man, right? He's worse than that. That's pretty bad. I mean, because you can't get any worse than being lost. And so when a man does, uh, doesn't provide for his wife or children, uh, presume they're lost until you see a repentant attitude toward their responsibilities. In, uh, in that movie that, that was out several years ago called Courageous, they portrayed a young convert's um, fruit uh, in his heart as being, um, you know, uh, taking care of his, his, his responsibilities with his child and his wife who he conceived out of wedlock and abandoned, right? So the in the movie, it's just a movie, but that's actually one of the ways they illustrated a genuine a man's true repentance was he went back to his his um, his child's mother and did you know tried to make things right. I don't remember how that ended up. But anyway, the premise was right. He got repentant, he got convicted, he went back to try to take care of his responsibilities, establish a relationship with his child, and, uh, you know, in La La Land, you know his his former the child's wife, and they'd go off and live ever, happily ever ever after, and all that. Of course, that's all just a movie, but that is a good that is a good premise, because that's what should happen. This is so serious that uh, you know a man that says he's saved needs to take a take it very seriously, uh, because I've seen young men choose uh, right here in this building in this church choose college education over taking care of a uh, girl that they have impregnated. And that's just, uh, for me, just absolutely abhorrent. Um, and by the way, completely encouraged by their parents. Um, and so to me, there's nothing that speaks uh, as lost like a man that can, can do that and will do that and will be encouraged to do that by his parents. Just impregnate her, leave her, uh, so he can go get take care of his own fortune. Uh, that's just unbelievable to me. Um, that man... Uh, <clears throat> You know, that's a loser who needs a savior, and he needs Jesus in a, in a real bad way. And so if they say, well, I'm saved, well, then, man, start act like it. You know, do something about it. That's, that's unbelievable. So, obviously, those things happen. They happen in real life, and uh, it's, a, it's horrendous. So uh, it's an issue of honoring, honoring widows as a biblical responsibility. You know, I, I know I jumped from widowhood to, to the results of fornication, but it, it really deals also with the man, and it deals with the elders, the people that are responsible, which is the point under not point number six. Point seven: Honoring widows indeed has a practical, has practical parameters for the church. Right. So there's these parameters in verses nine through eighteen that he lays out. She's not to be under sixty, three score years old. Right. So there's actually an age parameter in verse nine. Right. Let a widow be taken into the number under three. Let not. I'm sorry. A widow be taken into the number under three score years old having been the wife of one man. So she's ha- she's to have been the wife of one man. Uh, the woman that at the well, <clears throat> in essence, need not apply. So uh, if she's under 60, what's going to happen is she's going to find a man to marry her. 
right? And so uh, she will be uh, well reported of, of good works, First Timothy 5.10. Um, <clears throat> she's she's going to be have brought up children, her own or others, right? So in essence, she's going to have a nurturing nature. She's going to have lodged strangers. She's going to be hospitable. She's going to wash the saints' feet, right? So she's a humble servant. You know, Jesus washed his disciples' feet there at the Passover. If she have relieved the afflicted, so she, there's a compassionate aspect to her life, and she has have diligently followed every good work. In, in essence, she's obedient. She's fervent. She's faithful. Um, you know, and if and by the way, a woman who's not that type of wife isn't going to be that type of widow. So there's 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 something there as well. Uh, if you're if you're that kind of wife, uh, by the way, a good man is going to be foolish uh, not to remarry you uh, when you're available to marry. If and in, indeed God would have you be remarried, I'm talking about a lady under the age of sixty. Um, and so. Uh, and so, you know, that's it's pretty easy for Paul to set those parameters. Um, a younger widow refused because they'll wax wanton against Christ. It says in verse 11 through 15. What's that all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. And so it sounds like they're doing something wrong. Um, and that's that not really, isn't, that's not what's going on. Paul is pointing out the word wanton, uh, that their sexual desire will conflict with the desire to serve Christ. Some have uh, damnation because they they have cast off their first faith. And so if they do not marry, they certainly can, and it appears some already did, run into troubles in the church at Ephesus. Right. So uh, let's look at the text again in verse 11. He says, But the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry. By the way, being married is not a sin. Having damnation because they have cast off their first faith, and withal they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also, busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. So Paul isn't really very happy with what was going on there. Um, there's some that have uh, put off Christ, right? To walk among the congregation house to house in idleness is a busybody. In essence, burning down the work of Christ with their tongues. Um, and not a good, not a good thing. So, if you were in the congregation at Ephesus, you would actually have known who Paul was talking about. I would suspect uh, when he says that. I'm sure Timothy knows who he's talking about. And if this epistle was read there in Ephesus, I'm sure everybody at Ephesus probably had a good idea of whom Paul was talking about. Uh, James three five says, "Even so, the, the the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So that the tongue among our so that I'm sorry, so is the tongue among our members that it defiled the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. So younger widows are wise and at liberty to remarry, so they can serve the Lord without distraction." That's what verse 14 says. So I will, therefore, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to uh, the adversary to speak reproachfully. He is not forbidding marriage. As a matter of fact, he's encouraging marriage. But he's definitely against um, you know, women being idle, running about house to house um, you know, in their widowhood. He's definitely putting a kibosh on that. And in particular, younger widows. So younger widows are wise and at liberty to marry so they can serve the Lord without distraction. By the way, he's also not condemning being single. If we go back to 1 Corinthians, there's, there's a, if you can be single, that's a gift. Stay single. Use it, rather. right? Uh, but he's talking about those that are wa- begin to become wa- wax wanton, as he says, against Christ. Um, <clears throat> then that is a, that's a situation uh, that needs to be addressed properly or you'll have problems within the church. Um, so... 
the younger woman, uh, who the wise younger woman, is at liberty to remarry, so they can serve the Lord without distraction. Uh, bear children in the context of wedlock, not out of wedlock. Uh, guide the home, and give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Right? That's what verse fourteen says. Um, and so that is what God would have done. So some, even this, uh, even today, um, may be a casualty of war. Right? Like Hymenius and Alexander. And and have swerved and turned aside after Satan, right? I mean that that can happen uh, among the ranks of the body, and so Paul's just being very, I think, very practical. You know, he's just helping. He's writing this to Timothy. I don't know that he knows it's going to be a church epistle, but it's of the Lord because the Lord cares for His church. So the eighth thing that we're going to see, and we'll be concluded with this section, is the responsibility of caring for wid- widows rests upon the men and women of the church. So it's not just the men, although I've heavily emphasize the men there's also a responsibility to women right in this in this regard in verse 16 he says if any man or woman that believeth have widows so here he's not just talking only to men he's also including the women because they have a very large role to play in this and understanding these things and guiding and i've had the great experience even here at heartland to see elder women try to guide younger women in many aspects and it's so good because Paul knows that the women need to be involved. God knows that as well. And so, if any man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged, that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. All right, so there is a charge to relieve the widows indeed. So Paul is careful to finish where he starts uh, with the men, but now he includes the women. So he started with men. He didn't hear anything about the women, but when he gets to the end of the discussion, then he throws the women in there because he wants the men to know they need to take the lead in this. Um, he has already called out <clears throat> the men as uh, as the leaders, but now includes the women because they are uh, part of the solution, and he needs them there so there's not a problem, right? The women, as we all know, uh, us men will get in trouble if we don't have good women to help us out. So, uh, so he is commanding the widows to be cared for by those in the family responsible for them, so the church is not charged. Conversely, Paul is is saying that the church should not care for widows. Paul is not saying the church should not care for widows or the destitute. He is saying that when the family breaks down, it puts a burden on the church that was intended uh, for the family. And so it's important then uh, that we support families. You know, I know it's kind of a bummer sometimes in a church like ours because we uh, I will talk a lot about marriages and children and families and if you're single you could kind of feel left out you know it's like well what about me you know cuz being single is not a bad thing you're single um so um it, there can be a blessing it's not that being single is a bad thing um so uh and you're single and you're a widow indeed but um so yeah, you are. So, uh, so you know, the, a widow, uh, but I, we're, I've got myself all out of whack. So what am I trying to say? Um, so the, now my point is, is that, what is my point? Uh, when we love God and we take care of our responsibility, when we love God, we're going to take care of our responsibilities to other people that God has charged us to, both in the church and in our homes. So where I was going with all of that is when the family structure breaks down, both the nuclear family and the church family structure, um, society breaks down. That's all there is. The whole culture starts to break down, and um, and that is that becomes self-evident in due time. 
Uh, and so uh, these kind of seem like you're getting into the weeds a little bit, Paul. You know, you're kind of getting in my personal business. No, he's actually laying out things that are most important for the structures of the family, the, the structure of the local church, and actually for the society. Because we know in Ephesus, right, they had all kinds of things. You know, they had the goddess Diana. They had brothels. They had all kinds of problems because uh, it was, you know, a fertility goddess, a cult they had there. So there was all kinds of debauchery. And uh, that's not what God's called us to at all, right? So you had to be separate uh, from that. And uh, that's what, you know, that's so important. So it was a, so there's a charge. If we're going to build people that build churches, which is the overall theme that I have with this study, these little, these things and how we address widows, how we address uh, you know singles also is part of that because some of these these uh, ladies, um, and, uh, and we don't deal with the men here, but men are also single. They have the same responsibility to do things decently and in order. They don't have the liberty to carry on outside of a biblical marriage relationship. They have no more honor or le- than, um, you know, they're not going to be honored any more or less than a woman in that situation. Uh, they shouldn't be. Uh, and so there's a, a charge to give, and it addresses the members. We should address the members appropriately, and we should relieve the weak responsibly. I think that's what we see as we head into verse um, 16 there. So uh, when we get back to, together, uh, we will deal in verse 17 with the elders that rule well, uh, that they'll be counted worthy of double honor. So... Uh, so if someone were, and I know you guys are saved, but you know, when there's lost people involved, you know, at the end of the day, um, they need to be born again. And when God, um, when we take care, when we love God and we take care of our responsibilities to others, then God will continue to build the church and build the family unit. And uh, it starts really with uh, the men uh, because the family's under attack. And uh, and that's so, so it's important that... We who are in authority, you know, do the right thing, starting with the husbands, the fathers, uh, in, in the pulpits, of course, with the pastors. Uh, we're tending to the flocks that uh, we take care of the welfare of the church so we don't become a welfare state. And and that's ultimately what you can see actually happening in our culture today uh, in a very real way. Um, especially, you can see, I don't know if you've ever... This is a maybe a strange way to conclude, but if you've ever uh, read or heard the audio book of uh, Candace Owen called uh, Black, I think is what it's called, she has incredible statistics on the African-American community and how responsible um, uh, before the, the uh, uh, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, uh, the, the African-American community, the, the rate of divorce was lower. Uh, unbelievable morally the if you just looked at statistically the moral level of the black community is was higher there were less broken homes less fractured families in the black community than in the white community less divorces etc and so the advent of of you know uh, the, the social you know the the, the african american families in particular have just been heavily impacted by um, kind of a socialist uh, agenda, and and so it's the 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 evidence is there. I mean, they are really targeted heavily, and uh, it's unfortunate because they've taken a heavy toll and incentivized the breakup of the family. And I know I'm not saying that uh, talking about African Americans, but I I know personally, like when I'd preach at the mission. Um, there, I, I like they talk about Mother's Day, and I'm like, what's Mother's? What are they talking about Mother's Day? Well, Mother's Day was the day when the mothers got their checks from the government, 
and so the guys would go sweet talk a mama out of her money as what well. and they it was just disgusting and uh and so uh it was just a very it's a very in some segments i should not all it's just very dysfunctional right and when you incentivize having children out of wedlock you get paid for it then it incentivizes not getting married right and the husbands don't have to take care of their wives and their kids and all of those things and uh it's just a very sad uh, state it's i did not know all those statistics that's why i bring them up um and so, yeah, the, the, in our culture, in this culture in America in particular, we've actually seen, the, seen this break down. And the, the, only, the place where that should have stopped was at the door of the church. Right. That's that's and I'm not saying the black pastors haven't done their job, but ultimately that would probably be the only thing that would stop that and does stop that from happening. And so you get a man uh, that stops, says, wait a minute, we're going back to the Bible here and keeps everybody in the Bible. And then uh, that helps protect the families in his church. And ultimately, hopefully, that influence will move into the society because that is what needs to happen. Satan hates us. Uh, He hates our family. He hates our church. Um, And we represent everything he hates. Uh, and because of that, you know, uh, he hates us because we love God and we love people. So, you know, I just pray that, you know, this, that, that you know, as we talk about this, that we understand how important it is to take care of our responsibilities. Uh, and one of the things that's mentioned there is the tongue, right? God, uh, need, we need to take care of our tongue. We need to make sure our hearts are right. We need to make sure we relieve the weak within our spheres of influence. Um, and just practically in our hearts, you need to make sure we don't leave our first love, the Word of God, and we and we're, we have fidelity to God and to our spouses if we're married. Um, and if we're not married, we need to have fidelity to God until He gives us a spouse and not be unfaithful to Him. Um, and then if we're a man that uh, needs to take responsibility as well, uh, you know, we need to do that and do it do it you know as soon as we can. Um, and so. So many feel bound by biblical requirements, but really, it's it's the only it's the only way to go. There is no freedom outside of of obeying the Lord, and it's just a it's a mirage when people think that's the case. So we could pray tonight when we go to prayer. This is something we could commit to prayer um, in our ministry here. I mean, I know Sharon and Amy and um, Jamie and Wendy. Um, we work, and Amy and I, we work among the youth right here in our. Our children's ministry. We see children that are impacted by these very things I'm talking about, and uh, some really great kids in our church right now um, have not benefited from uh, people that are taking responsibility for the relationship with God and the relationship with one another, and it affects the kiddos and it affects the family. And so we're over here on Sundays trying to trying to help, but ultimately that we're not the we're we're trying to help, but we're not everything they need. You know, they need moms and dads. And uh, we're just kind of trying to do what we can, putting our finger in the dike. And uh, and so this stuff's real. It gets real in a hurry when you're dealing with, you know, any church in any culture at any time. Because sin nature is real. And uh, this battle between good and evil is real. So, uh, and as the ch- family goes, so goes the church. Um, I'm not saying that singles are super important. Uh, Paul was single. Uh, so you need singles, and, you, and they're very productive. For many, many years, Doug Pearson was single uh, and super effective for the Lord. So I'm not knocking on singles at all, but I am saying there is a priority for family structures to be in order. I know you guys know that. You're the choir, and you're singing the same song, but I, I need to say it anyway because it's in the Bible. Uh, as we get ready to go to prayer, um, are there any questions about this? Because I didn't want to perplex anyone. <laughs>
if there are, we can address them. All right, I'm going to stop.